0: Hey guys, we're going to turn the lights on tonight so we can see everybody. I've heard somebody's been sleeping. I don't know how you've been sleeping with me yelling, but somebody said y'all been sleeping. So we're going to, amen, i get amen on that, how about that? Well, it's exciting to see you guys come, um, come back. Uh, it makes me feel unworthy, y'all keep, keep coming back for more, so that's, uh, that's good stuff. And every one of your seats, y'all give them one of these invite cards. Just want to remind you guys, we're going to start the "Everything Changed" series next week when we go Sunday morning. Is anybody excited about going Sunday morning? With me? All right. And we, we're trying to reach out and hope and pray and we'll have at least at least three hundred people here, at least three hundred people here next week. Um, God's faithful, and I have big expectations that's going to happen. If not, it's your fault, but not mine. <laughs> Invite somebody, okay? Invite 10 people. If you've got 50 people you need cards for, go see somebody in the back, and they will give you one of these to give somebody. Go by your neighbor's house and put it under the door. We want everybody that does not know Jesus, and you know who they are. You know who they are. People in your neighborhood that does not know Jesus, that watch you when you drive off to go to church, they need Jesus. Give them a card. Invite them. Show them the love of Christ. Show people that, hey, I love you. I want you to come to church with me. Y'all going to do that? All right. I know the lights are on, but y'all got to come on now. All right. So this is session four of our heart and soul series. This week, uh, why do I need to be involved in the church? And before I forget, if any of you guys have missed any week of this series and you want to be heart and soul, you want to be a member of Connection Church please go to the Next Steps table after the service and write down uh, which which night you missed so that we can contact you and let you know which night you need to make up um, when we have those times available, okay? So before we get started, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you again for uh, the, just being able to come before you tonight. So many times we get so caught up in life that, uh, that God, we forget who you are. We forget just uh, that you are the God. You are the... That created everything. You created the world. You created everything. And you created us. God, you created us for a purpose. And God, I pray that you would just burden the hearts to find that purpose. That God, that you would just move in a powerful way in this service. Lord, don't let us forget how big you are. How awesome of a God you are. God, so many times we're guilty of putting you in a box and thinking that you can only do just a little bit when... Look what you've done. When I look at your creation, I'm just so in awe of what you've done. Lord, I just pray that when we're done with this service, that we will be in awe of what you've done. Holy Spirit, we ask you to consume us tonight. God, move in a powerful way. Touch our hearts. Lord, I pray that as we begin to go through this, that we understand why the church is important. That we understand why the mission in Jenkins County is so critical. That, God, I pray that that we would understand what it means to truly be heart and soul and truly to be sold out to something. God, I just pray that you would just uh, move in our hearts. And if there's things that we need to change, then, God, that you would do it. You would reveal it to our hearts, and we will not leave this place the same as we came in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, guys, one thing that, that you will know if you've been coming much is, God's given me a burden for the church. When when we stepped out to plant the church and didn't know what we were going to do, my heart was all about lost people. It just burdened me to know people that that were lost that didn't come to church. And then as we stepped out to plant the church, the ridicule that we got from existing churches really burdened my heart because it bothered me. Because we slipped so far from realizing what the purpose of God is. We're not in a competition. We're not trying to do... We're trying to reach people for Jesus. Amen? Amen. And through that process, I'm going to be honest with you guys because I want want to be a transparent pastor. It broke my heart that people would say things or, or even imply that I would do something viciously against people that I love in my county. And I was mad. I said, God, why are you doing this? But guess what? God made me... God used that to make me realize how we as the church need each other, as we as the church need to not be consumed with the church but be consumed with Jesus. And we've been so caught up in life, I think a lot of us, we get get so caught up in just doing church that we're just doing church. And we're not passionately following the reason we should go to church. And that's to follow Jesus. And that's my heart, guys. My heart is not to grow a mega church in Jenkins County. It's to reach the 8,000 people in our county that's lost and don't go to church right now. And they don't go to church because they don't see value in Jesus. Because when I didn't go to church, that's why I didn't go. But he's not calling me to do this alone. He's calling us to do this each and every one of you in this room, he's calling you to do this. Whether it will be with Connection Millen or with Millen Methodist or Millen Baptist or Elam Baptist, he's calling you guys to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and reach our county for Jesus Christ. Not just Connection Millen. But we have got to realize that we were made for more than just coming and sitting on a pew every Sunday. We've got to get out and do the work God's called us to do. And it's so easy to be caught up in the world that we forgot what the church is about. Why do we go to church? In the South, we go to church. Why? Because you're supposed to. It's what you were taught to do. That's what good little boys and girls do on Sunday. You get drunk on Saturday night and go to church Sunday morning because you're supposed to. No amens, huh? And it shouldn't be about you supposed to. It should be that I get to. I want to. So this session tonight, why do I need to get involved in the church? Number one is we have to, un- be un- we have to understand the church. We have to understand, number one, that it's not a building. It's not a building. I, that was my passion from the begin to begin with. So many people worship buildings instead of worshiping God. I'm thankful that we are in this cafeteria because it's not about a building. People are like, well, that is Connection Church. You know how they say that's Connection Church because they see you in the community, not this building. And to be honest with you, I don't care if we ever build a building because I want to be a people that's all about Jesus instead of about a building. That's just where I am. It's my heart. It's not about a building. It's not about a service. We call, I'm, I'm, I don't know how many times I've said that. What you doing? I'm going to church today when I should be the church everywhere I go. Amen? It's not a service. It's not just a particular service. That's, that's why the world is so dark right now because Christians say, I'm going to church and I'm going on Sunday and I'm not the church Monday through Saturday, Monday through Sunday. Let them all in. They'll come on in in a minute. The next one is, it's a chosen people of God. That's the church. Think about that for a second. If you're saved, if you're following Jesus Christ, God chose you. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, chose you. Man, that's something to be excited about. He chose you. He could have chose anybody else, but he chose you. But yet we act like it ain't a big deal. It's no big deal that the God of the universe, the same God that made me in my mother's womb, that same God he chose me for salvation, but yet we act like it's no big deal. It's a big deal. And we should live that live like it and realize that, hey, we are God's chosen people. First Peter 2, 9 through 10 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We are chosen. Church is not an activity we do, but a people we are. Amen. we got to live that way, passionately. Every single day. Sold out to Jesus every single day. You're the church at the school. You're the church at the the construction site. You're the church at the board meeting. That's how we change a culture. That's how we change a community. We're not just a church when we come to one building. We're a church when we leave this place and we're sold out to Christ altogether. That's how we change things. That's how God changes things. That's God's purpose in your life. When like, when you're when you're cutting grass for a living, you're sharing Jesus with you with the, with the people that you're cutting the grass for. When you're when you're EMT and you're going out and you're saving lives, you're sharing Jesus with people that, that are alive. You're sharing Jesus with those who, who are struggling. When you're a fireman and you go and you go into a burning house, you should share Jesus with those who just lost something catastrophically. God's put you where you are for a purpose and a reason. And it gets under my skin as we've devalued what it means to be followers of Christ because we think the only person that's supposed to share Jesus is the preacher. God's put you, he says, you're a royal priesthood, each and every one of you. Rise to the occasion and be that example at work. Be that example to you at the family reunion so the Lord knows we need it. Amen? am <laughs> not the only one has got a jacked up family just saying we've got to be that everywhere we go. And I want to tell you, you've got an advantage that I don't now because now I'm the preacher. If I give some, somebody some advice, they're like, well, you got to preach to me. And I ain't even said Jesus yet. <laughs> but like I ain't said it yet, but come coming. You keep on with that. But people, when I come in into a room, people's guard goes up. But you guys that are passionately serving him, Wherever you're at, y'all got to drop on them. They don't know you're fitting to throw the gospel bomb on them. They just share in their struggle and go, hey, let me tell you what did that for me. Jesus did. And when we are the church, when we realize that we are the church, everything changes, guys. Everything changes. So as the church, we are chosen. Also, we are called out of darkness and into the light. Out of darkness. That's, that's why we can't, give, we can't give assurance to people who live in sin because God says, hey, I've called you out of darkness. Some people think that I have a vendetta against the church because I'm always talking bad about, like last Sunday, I, I said there were some deacons that made me feel like I wasn't saved. And I'm not going to apologize for that because that was the truth. But the reality is this. Each and every one of you, God's called you out of darkness, out of that lifestyle, out of that sin for, to live in light, to live and be the example for him, not to stay in darkness. Okay? We're supposed to, and that's what's wrong right now. Our church, our church culture wants the one, best of both worlds. They want to be in darkness but act like they're in the light. And it don't work. That's why our influence is so dim because if you're not in darkness and you're in light, it's dim. And the lights need to come on in the church. Amen. We got to start living it. We got to start being it. You can't live wrong and die right. And the purpose of the church, we have a purpose, is to make Christ known. Our purpose isn't to show up like a good little boy or a good little girl, it's to make Christ known. To make him known at work. To make him known. Wherever you go, it's not a place you go, but who you are. And if if it's who we are, like I said, it's going to change everything. It's going to change the way you talk. It's going to change the way you treat your wife, your girlfriend, your boss. It's going to change the way you forgive those that are nasty and mean and dirty to you. It's going to change those things. It's going to change the way you talk. It's going to change that. That's who we are. As a believer, guys, it's absolutely, absolutely necessary to be a part of the church. I don't know how many people that I've tried to get to church. They say, you know what? I can worship God at the river. I said, well, I can worship God in a deer stand. Like, you know what? You're exactly right. You can, but you don't. (laughs) What do you mean? Like, well, if you did, you'd want, I mean, I, I can worship God in a deer stand too, but I have, when you are a follower of Jesus, you have a desire to be around like people. It just draws you. You have a desire to be around people that are Christ-like. If I hadn't talked to Chase all week, some, I missed that. I, talk, I, I, I mean, I don't have a guy crush on me or nothing, but my love Chase. <laughs> me and Chase are really good friends, and if I don't talk to him throughout the week, I miss that because he's a brother in Christ. If some of you are not here on Sundays, When when I I look out here and you're not here, I miss you guys. Like this whole side, I miss them, whoever sits over here, but I miss them. (laughs) And I'm going to let you know, we got some front front row seats that, you know, y'all can come up here in the spitting area and sit anytime. (laughs) But I'm just saying, it's necessary that we come together. It's not an option, okay? If you're a child of God, it's not an option that you go to church. It's necessary. Why? Because as believers, we must see three things. We realize that it's necessary that one that it's important to God. Church is important to God. It's important to us, and church is important to the world. It's important to God because it shows God's our, our, that we're genuine, that we're authentic, that we really want Him. I want Him more than I want to sit in the their stand. It's fit to be turkey season. And we're going to Sunday mornings next week in this turkey season. I love God more than I do turkey hunting. But man, I love turkey hunting. And I'm not going turkey hunting, I'm coming here. I mean, it shows him our heart, it shows that we're sincere. The church is important to us. It's because it keeps us, gives us accountability. It shows us what serving God is about. And it's important to the world so that others can see our obedience. Others can see that there's a difference in our life. It's important to God that through the Bible, God didn't primarily deal with just individuals. He also dealt with groups of people. He didn't deal with Moses individually. He dealt with the Israelites. It was about people the majority of the Bible was written to churches or church leaders. And back then, if you were not a part of the church, you would not hear from God. We can't love Jesus. I'm sorry. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. That little bride of Christ, that man, that, that speaks volume. Because my bride knows that I love her. Why does my bride know I love her? Because I try to spend time with her, because I talk to her. I make time for her. And if the church is the bride of Christ, then God will know that you love him by the time you spend talking to him. If he's your bride, he's going to know because the, the intensity of your heart that you love him. Is he your bride? Do you love him? Do you love the church? I don't know how many people that I've heard say, I just don't do organized religion anymore. I'm turned off from organized religion. And the reality is, if the church is the bride of Christ, then how can you be turned off from that? Because you're not really passionately following Jesus. Jesus. We cannot love Jesus and not love his church because he gave his life for it. Ephesians 5, uh, 25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave himself up for her. So the church is God's plan to reach the world. So if the church is God's plan to reach the world, what should we be doing? Reaching the world. Guess what? There's no plan B here, okay? He's not saying, well, you know what? If you don't do your job, Then I'll figure out something else. No. We are the hope for Jenkins County. The church in Jenkins County is the hope for those that are lost. Those that we see at the football games, those parents that we see at these little league games that are taking place right now, those people that we see at football games, those people that are lost and will die and go to hell, they are dependent on us to live it out and be the church in front of them and show them the love of Jesus. We should should not be able to look at people and not weep because we're not doing our job. And we should take it seriously. Matthew 16, 18 says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God said he's going to build his church just like he's building this one. We've got to be the church. It's important to us. Why is it important to us? Because we need community. We need community. There's not a better example than 1 Peter 5 8 says, Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And what does a lion do? He eats. Man, you're doing good. A lion sits down and he hides. And he watches, and is, is, there a, is, there a, is there a herd of animals coming by? Is there a group together? He will not attack the whole group. Because if he attacks the group, they can help fight him, back, fight off, fight him off. So instead of doing that, he waits and looks for one that's by itself. He looks for one that's that sh, that been shunning everybody else. And when he gets that, when he sees that one alone, he goes and he attacks that That's why community is so important. We've got to be connected. We've got to be connected. Because we were not created to do life alone. That song, No Man Is an Island. And I know we've got a lot of introverts in here that don't like to really deal with other people. But God called us to do life together. Some of the closest people I grew up with was, was, my, was my partying crowd. We did everything together. Every weekend we were doing stuff together. You know why? Because we were at, we were doing the same, we were after the same purpose, just to go have a good time. To see who could drink the most beer that night. We were all the same purpose. We was a community. We wasn't doing the right thing, we wasn't living for Jesus, but we were a community. A community does life together. A community follows Christ. A community provides a fellowship, okay? A partnership, a connection. A community provides encouragement. It provides accountability. And it provides growth and discipleship. I want to tell you something. Community changed my walk with Christ. I was walking, I was, I was preaching, God was calling me to plant this church, I didn't have any idea what I was doing, still don't. I'm doing this thing, and, 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 but I, I have this deep yearning. I had a deep yearning for community, people that were followers of Christ, that I just wanted friends that were Christians. Was that too much to ask? I wanted friends, friends that were Christians, friends that, that I could go out with that, that I wouldn't be tempted to drink. I wouldn't be tempted to do those bad things. That didn't please God. And as I was for that, we started planting this church. We got 20 people, and we come in a room, and we started doing life together. And it made me realize how important that was. We fellowshiped. We had, and we began, to, I knew these people. But you don't really know somebody until you are spending a lot of time with them. Began to know these people, know what they struggled with, know what when you know somebody, you know how you can pray for that person. I began to enjoy that time, and when we wasn't meeting on Sunday nights. I felt empty because I wasn't, because my friends wasn't there. I didn't get to encourage. I mean, throughout the week, it was so awesome when we made our own connect group. It was so awesome because throughout the week, I would get text messages from people that were just following the Lord. I just, Jeremy, God laid me on your heart and sent me this text message. And guess what? It was right, just what I needed to know, just what I needed to hear. Getting that encouragement. I didn't get that before. Getting that accountability. See, that's where we went off in the church for so long because we don't want anybody to tell us where we're messing up. I want to be the best follower of Jesus Christ that I can be. Do you? If I'm messing up at my job, I want them to tell me what I'm doing wrong so that, number one, I can get better so that I don't lose my job. And we should have that same desire with our walk with Christ. Instead, we try to put this, we got this pride all up on our shoulders and it's like, don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. I'm already where I need to be. And we're not really pursuing God. We don't, I want people to tell me that I'm wrong. If I'm really wrong, I want your opinion you can back it up by God's word, I want that. But you know what I mean? I mean, I want people that love me enough, love me enough. That's what Jesus, he loved the rich young ruler enough that told him that he was wrong. I want people that love me enough that if I'm doing something wrong, tell me. I pray that you read your Bible throughout the week, that you know if I was preaching something wrong. That's how it should be. And growth in discipleship, I had never seen that before. I had seen discipleship training. I had seen Sunday school. But we got together, a group of people, and I felt like I I was the only one sharing my faith. I felt like I was the weirdest guy ever, except for Dallas. Me and Dallas were the weirdest two guys ever. Because we were telling each other about people we were sharing the gospel with and all this. But nobody else in the group had done that before all that much. They had been going to church, but their life wasn't consistent. In seven months, it was so exciting to get back to group to hear them tell who they had shared the gospel with that week and to see what God was doing in their lives. Not only did I see them grow, but, man, my walk with Christ grew because I'm like, man, I better up my game. These boys are going to come up here and try to preach and take over my position. Nobody will volunteer to preach it, but we're going to see. See, community allows us to tangibly experience the love of God. Because God loves me, God cares for me. Taking somebody a meal speaks volumes, but we don't take time to do that. That, I'm gonna tell you, when I, I had a motorcycle accident in 2010, and I was laid up, and that spoke to me more than anything, As I had people from my church at that time at Evelyn Baptist, and there's a, awesome, there's a bunch of awesome people that go there that I love deeply, and they loved me enough to come and bring meals to the house. I didn't ask them, and I will admit I was proud like I don't need none of that, don't bring me none. I'll just eat, you know, I'll just eat whatever I got. And I couldn't walk, so I was just going to do it out. I didn't want nobody to bring nothing to the house. I didn't want to accept that. But as they came and they brought me meals, and uh, Hudson came one day and just sat with me and watched TV. My daddy, bless his heart, he did me wrong. My daddy was my little nurse for a while. Daddy turned the satellite to Lifetime Movie Channel and left the remote on the other side of the room. (laughs) Thank God. Hudson showed up. <laughs> Hudson went back to the fire department. and they said, how's Jeremy doing? He's like, man, he's doing bad. <laughs> I went over there and caught him watching Lifetime. Man, he's bad over there. But just him coming and spending that time with me showed me that he loved me. He cared about me. That's what Christian cares about. That's the first time I'd ever seen that happen. I had a guy in the church that... I couldn't. I still couldn't work, and I, I said, "Man, if I had a, something I could put my laptop on in my lap in this hospital bed, I could work." Next day, he built something so that I could put it in my lap and put my laptop on. I didn't ask him; he just did it because he loved me. That's what Christian cares about, and that is what showing somebody tangibly the love of Christ is. But we've got to slow down and do that. Community is an experience. Community is experienced through Connect Group here. And we say that. that's where real-life change happens. And I'm not trying to, to do a sales pitch, Steve. I'm telling you, if you're coming to this church, you need to get involved in a Connect Group. If you've been in it, I want to poll you guys. If you've been coming and you've joined a Connect Group and it has changed your life, raise your hand. It's over half. Amen. That's where real life change happens. Because one of the things it does is, number two, it forces us to deal with our selfishness. It forces us to deal with us not wanting people to come in. When you're in Connecticut, when you're in your community, you have to let your guard down and let people in. And there's a reason, guys, that God designed the church the way he did. So that we could realize that, that we need to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Bigger than ourselves. When I was just, when I first got saved and I was trying to follow the Lord, I want to tell you, it was a lonely road. I almost, I mean, I tried to go back because I didn't have anybody. I didn't have anybody but this 17-year-old kid, 16-year-old kid named Dallas Wilson that was in high school. And he's not in here, so I'll say this because his head won't get no bigger. But I looked up to Dallas. He was a high schooler, but he was my only lifeline for so long because I had nobody else that I could lean on. Here I was confessing, I'm married and confessing things to a teenager. Man, I was crazy. And then he began to confess some things to me and I was like, whoa, easy now, easy. Just cutting up with him. But I'm just saying, having somebody and it made me realize how important it is to have somebody because he was my lifeline for so many years until I really started having more and more Christian friends to grab onto. Community is vital for your growth with your relationship with Christ. Investing in the local church forces us to be advancing the kingdom and not our own initiatives. Because it's not about us, it's about Jesus. If you would have told me five years ago, that I would have made it to my goal with my professional career, that I would have made more money than I ever, ever wanted to make, and then, at the height of my career, I would quit and volunteer to preach for a living for free. That sounds retarded, don't it? That sounds crazy. Thank God I ain't got to preach for free. But when I realized that it's not about me, it's not about my comfort, it's not about my money, but it's about Jesus. What made me realize that more than anything is when I would go to church and preach to churches and knowing the lifestyle that people in my hometown live, knowing the people that I love, and seeing them lead every single week the same way, Knowing that if they died, they would go to hell. That breaks my heart. And I just couldn't stay where I was at any longer. I had to do something. God was stirring in my heart. Does it bother you, guys? But you've got friends and family that can die and go to hell. That will that we'll die, not could, we'll die and go to hell if we don't step up and do what he's calling us to do. That's why the church is so important. Because, guys, if we don't step up, Step up. Who is if we don't share the gospel with our family? Who is if we're not on our knees before a holy God praying for our family? Who is that's why community and church is so important? I've got families that I want to see, that I want to see in heaven. I'm partnering with Chase. I'm partnering with Ryan and saying, hey, guys, y'all pray for my family. And we're praying together. We can do more together than we can alone. Can I get an amen? Amen. I know I'm crying up here a little bit, but y'all ain't got to get that serious on me. We got to remember the the covenant reminders here is that, look, we serve in the local church because it reminds us that the church is bigger than one person, bigger than you. We submit to the leadership of the church. Because it reflects, it's a reflection of our own submission to Christ. And we give because it exemplifies that Christ is our first, is first in our lives. That scripture there in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15 says, For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live may no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. That's why we do what we do. That's why we live for Jesus, because he died for us. We can't be all that God's called us to be without the local church, without serving in the church, because each of us has gifts. He's gifted you. Like I said, everybody wasn't called to be a preacher. Some of you guys have the gift of hospitality. that you just, man, when somebody comes to your house, they feel like they don't never have to leave. I don't have that. I do a little bit, but I don't have that like some people. I mean, some people have, have this crazy spiritual gift. Like somebody has, has discernment. My wife does. She has discernment. Somebody comes up that's fake. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? And she's like, yeah, you don't, something's wrong with them. I'm like, what you mean? I was like, nah, there's something. And then later down the road, you would realize that, hey, she was right because God's given her that spiritual gift. God's gifted some of you, like like I used to tell God all the time, God, I can't share my faith, but hey, I can work. You know, that's my spiritual gift. I can work. I'm a hard worker. I can do stuff. Do what God's gifted you to do because when we We're given these spiritual gifts, guys, to strengthen the faith of others, not only our our own, and together we are the body of Christ. As as the scripture says, as the body, we're many members. There's there's a purpose for everybody in this room, and we're all supposed to work in unison together. I could not walk if my muscles and my legs were not doing the right things. And that's why the church is crippled so much because people choose to come to church and not use what God's gifted them with. The way we're going to to attack our community and our county for Jesus, the way we're going to take back the ground that Satan has taken from us is that we all together serve God passionately, serve God with our gifts, say, I want to do what he's gifted me to do. And not just come and sit on a church pew. And you're going to hear me say that a lot. And if you don't like me saying that, then this might not be the right place. God didn't call me to be a dead person sitting on a church every week. He called me to be active and involved in the community and following Jesus. Amen? Amen? That's what we have to be. We cannot experience the fullness of God without it. We just can't. We experience the fullness of God of Christ by sharing life with other believers. When I'm sharing life with other believers, we went to, I went on a mission trip with a, with a group of guys I knew nothing about. I could barely, this is a construction project, at that time, I could barely hit the nail with the hammer, okay? I don't know what I was doing going there. And I'm with these guys, and I was with them for a purpose. We, went, we was putting on a roof, at this children's home. When we got there, there was 80 inches of snow on the ground. I was the lightest, lightest one in the group. So they harnessed me and pulled me on top of the, house, top of the building to take the tin off. I was there for a reason. I couldn't, I couldn't use no screw gun. I couldn't do any of that stuff. But I was loud enough to be the gopher. They pulled me up on that roof, and I took that tin roof off. Let me tell you something. That was, it was so awesome to see that it was a great example of how the body has many parts. There was people there that couldn't do a thing, but you know what they did? They just brought water. There was people there that were, didn't know what kind of project we were going to do, but it was so awesome how God used all their gifts to accomplish that task. And we all came together for that project, but let me, when I left, I left with 20 other brothers that I knew I could count on. When we use our gifts and we are get together and we do them for the glory of God, it just strengthens our relationships. It strengthens our bond. There's no other place on earth that tangibly shows Christ to us better than the church, guys. And it's important to the world. The local church is the hope of the world. It's God's plan to reach the world. There's no backup plan. He wants to use you to reach the world. Who's, who's he wanting to use? Ah, uh, yeah. Y'all bought into that. Everybody's like, you. know oh, no, me. Yes, he wants to use us to reach the world. And there's some things we've got to realize. It's not about a great sermon. It's not about a sermon. It's not about me up here preaching. It's about multiplication. It's about multiplication. It's about me growing in Christ and me teaching somebody else. And them going out and teaching somebody. That's why Connect Group is so important. That's why we've designed this church because it's about multiplying. And as we grow, we multiply. We start discipling other people. You're going to see, that's why Dallas preaches, that you're going to see other people preach because I don't want people following me, I want people following Jesus. I could die tomorrow. And I don't want me to be in the way of the church going and reaching the people. They're lost. There's so many churches that if the pastor dies, the church falls apart. Guys, it's not about me. If all of us are following God passionately, it doesn't matter if I'm here or not. We're still going to grow. We're still going to follow Jesus. And we're still going to conquer Jenkins County for Jesus. If we're all sold out together. And it's the best, best representation of Christ to the outside world. Ephesians 3:10 says, "So that through the church, the manifold of wisdom of God may, might now be made known to the rulers and authorities to heavenly places." So the question is, will you align to his plan? The next part is about our church. Now you know why the church is important. Now you know why we should be involved in the church. I want to tell you guys something. Being a part of this church may be more difficult than being a part of any other church. Because I don't want to be a people that are playing games. I don't want to be a people that just come and sit on a church pew. I want to be a people that are passionately following Christ every single day. Every single one of us. There should be people that are, if they're 60 or 70 years old, they should be just excited about Jesus, those that just got saved. Amen. I don't want us to play games, guys. He didn't call us to. We want to reach our county. I want to hold each other accountable. If you want something, I mean, a lot of people don't want people to hold them accountable, but I want that. You should too. You should strive to be the the greatest follower of Jesus than anybody else. You should have that desire. And if we're going to reach those in our county, we've got to be sincere. We've got to want to grow. We've got to be a people that are growing. I'm going to challenge you guys to be growing. You shouldn't be the same place you were two years ago. You should be closer to Jesus. And so many of us are like like the Israelites. We're just traveling around. Some of you have been doing the same thing for 40 years, just like the Israelites. You've been playing games too long, and it's time for God to call you out of that. And you to step into the promised land that he's called you. you to really be sold out to him, really be following him, to be growing. Not to be on the milk, but to be eating solid food, to be really in the God's word. That's what we're about here at Connection, for us to be growing. And be, and, and, and be totally honest. To be serious about following Christ, to be serious about following Jesus, it's going to cost us something. It may cost some of us friends. We may be shunned by our own family. It's happened. And if that's happening, to you call, call me. We'll walk through it together because you're not alone. Following Jesus is going to cost you something. Why should we? Th- it costs Jesus something to do what he was supposed to do. Why should we feel like it's not going to cost us anything? But if we really want to be a part of this movement, I, I, that's what I really feel like this is. This is a movement of God. If we want to be a part of a movement taking back the ground that the enemy's taken from us, if you want to have a closer walk with Christ, if you're tired of playing games with God, then guess what? That's what Heart and Soul is for. That's what this church is for. You want to step on board and be a part of Connection Milling. God's called us, guys, to do church simple. Not to have all these programs, but to do church simple means that we have to be accountable. We all have to be sold out to Christ. So many times people are at the church, and we get, we get blindsided thinking that life is all about just going to church. And God's calling us to be a holy people. He's called us to be set apart, amen, to be different, amen. He said, look, I want you to be not of the world, but in the world. We're supposed to be out in the world, different, serving Jesus and showing people Jesus in a real way. And that's what—that's why we want to do ministry simple. That's why we only have one service. That way we can go and have connect groups and we can be growing. We can invite those lost friends to connect groups that wouldn't traditionally come to church. I mean, our, mission, our vision for... of of ministry here is to reach 10,000 people with the gospel and have at least 80% of those serving and growing in Christ, in connect groups. It it isn't just to draw a crowd. We just don't want a bunch of numbers. We want genuine, authentic followers of Jesus Christ. Is that what you want? Do you want to be a true follower of Christ? Because we got too many posers. We got too many people playing games. We need to be true followers of Jesus. And our mission is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. All right? So to connect people to a growing relationship demands you not to sit in the pew every Sunday, demands you not to be lukewarm, demands that you not play games. And how do we do it? We're going to do that through worship service that like this is going to be evangelistic where we invite our lost friends and family to come and encounter the living God. And as they come in here, they get saved. Praise God. Anybody excited about people getting saved? All right, man. People getting saved. And then then from that, they get in a community where they really experience the love of God and the care of God. And they really experience that. And through that, they also experience what it means to serve the community because we're serving our communities through our connect groups. So people are seeing that. And they're growing. Man, that's awesome to even think about that. We're doing it through connect groups, doing it through student ministries and connect kids, connection kids, I'm sorry. That's a real heart. That's my heart too, students and kids ministry. Because let me tell you, your kids' eternity is just as important to me as yours is. That's why there was so much effort back there of trying to to pour into those kids and make everything just as perfect as we can make it so that they love it here. They want to come back because we want them to know Jesus just as much as we want you to know Jesus and love Jesus. And then we're going to do it through outreach and missions. I, we want people, when they see our church, they see a church that is all about community, that's about serving, that's about generosity, and about are evangelistic. When people see you, they see a representation of Connection Church. And when they see you, we want your characteristics to be those things, that culture in you, cultivated in your life. So now, drum roll, please. We've made it to the covenant. And I don't know how many questions I've had about this covenant. People get freaked out. When you, make, They start like, I got to sign something? What in the world? Just calm down. Just calm down. All right? The reason we give this covenant, the reason heart and soul is most important because we want you to understand what we require from you. what we want you to do, what we want and not what we do, but what God does. We want you to understand what our mission is. We want, we want you to understand these things. We want you to understand that, hey, these are the things that our church stands for and these are the things that we stand against so that you know where we stand. And then there was a time where you were caught in sin and you're like, well, I didn't know that the church uh, didn't think it was wrong for me to cheat on my wife. And go, like, hey, man, you signed this right here where you said that, uh, you know, adultery is wrong. So we can hold you accountable to those things. If accountability is not what you want, then this isn't the right church for you. Heart and soul is, is, is people that are really sold out, committed to Jesus and committed to the mission. Heart and soul is not about being a spectator. It's about laying down your life and being a part of something bigger. It's a group of people sold out to Jesus Christ. Dallas opened us up with um, 1 Samuel 1, 14, where he talks about Jonathan and his armor bearer. And he, and you you don't remember the story. He goes and... and The armor bear, they're right there at the garrison, and they're fixing to go into war. And as they go in there, it's just those two guys against the Philistines. He's like, look, I believe in you enough. I'm with you, heart and soul. I'm sold out. I'm I'm with you. Let's do this thing. That's where the name comes from. We want people that are sold out to the mission, not just the mission of connection as a whole, but to Connection Mill and to reach our friends and family for Jesus. There's 8,000 people in our county that don't know Jesus Christ. Do you want to reach them? You can respond. All right. I'm finna to say, man, everybody's leaving. The thing is this. We don't want just a list of names that we call members, nor do we want you to be joining this just for your sake, okay? We want you to be a part of something bigger than yourself. We want people that are committed, committed to two things, committed to following Jesus and partnering with us for that mission. It's not an obligation, okay? Don't look at it as an obligation. It should be an opportunity to be a part of something. So there's some things we're going to require from you. Number one is to be a connector because serve people serve people. On Sundays, you'll see connectors serving in multiple capacities. You'll see them doing like you've seen them come in here. In the parking lot, wearing blue, welcome you into this place, showing you Jesus in a tangible way. It's so inviting to, when you get to church to see that people are actually happy you came. Not the only person that felt that way. I mean, it was happening. The first time I went to Canadian where I was like, man, there people like me. <laughs> All right. Like, I'm proud you're here. you coming back next week. But, like, man, yeah, so I'm coming back. So it's exciting. Also, we're going to, number two, we require you to, to join a connect group because we want you to join a connect group because connect groups where real life change happens. I've told you my story. And if you want to experience that, if you've just been, st- let me tell you, I want to challenge you. If you've been stagnant for so long, join a connect group. You won't be stagnant anymore. Join a connect group. We require you also to, also to be a cheerful giver because giving should be enjoyable. Nothing. I mean, not something that we resent. We've got to remember that God gave us our job. God gave us our money. He gave us everything. We should give back generously to him. And as we grow closer to Jesus, I mean, it changes our hearts, and we should want to give more and more and more. I mean, my wife took away my debit card because I'm giving giving too much money away. And she's a banker, so she can do that. But... She's like, hey, you you got to slow your roll. Give me your debit card. I'm going to give you cash, and then I can regulate your spending. Because I'm going to breakfast with you, I'm buying your breakfast. Praise God. But I can't do it now, so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We can do it through the $60 run out, but then we'll be done. (laughs) Number four is, is, is submission to connection leadership. That you guys should trust us, should trust me, should trust the leadership of the church, that we've got your best interests in mind. Every decision we make is not about what I want. It's about what I think would would allow us to grow closer to Christ together. Our deepest desire is for you to be a part of the church where you trust the leadership. And guys, I want to tell you from from the bottom of my heart, I do not take that lightly. There's one thing of being an evangelist, a preacher, just going out and, and, and just preaching. But there's another thing to shepherd people. Because I'm going to be held accountable for every single person in this room. I don't take that lightly, guys. That's why sometimes I come out of here with guns blazing because I don't want you to leave here saying, well, he didn't tell me that. As you go through the covenant, you'll see where you put your name and all that stuff and then where you fill out your salvation experience, where you fill out your... When you were baptized. Those things we want to know about you. So we can, if, if something, we need to ask you some questions, we can. It's amazing when you start to write down your salvation, some people realize that they wasn't saved. So if you can't write nothing there, chances are you ain't saved, okay? The next thing is, it talks about the responsibilities, and then it goes into our core beliefs. As a heart and soul member of connection, we expect that you would agree to these things, okay? And and it's to be in your daily life as you serve God and lead as an ambassador for Christ. We believe in, and I promise I'm going to go pretty fast because we've run out of time, but we're going to go as we believe in the the inheritance of the Bible, that God's Word is inherent. We believe that it is God's spoken Word. We believe that it is 100% infallible and it's the authority of God. And it affects matters of our faith and our conduct. We believe that. We believe in the one true God. That one eternal God exists in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We believe that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. That he was born of a virgin. That he died on the cross for atonement of our sins. That he physically rose from the dead. Now sits at the right hand of the Father and he will return to earth. Praise God who's excited for that. Whoo, I'm ready. We believe what salvation is, that the salvation was because of Jesus. That our only hope of redemption it was through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Yes, I said it. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit is, is our abiding helper. He's a teacher. He's a guide. He indwells and empowers every believer in Jesus Christ. We believe that the church is the body of Christ, the fellowship of believers, that we're called, to, that, we're, that Christians have been called out from the world to obey the teachings of Christ and to serve as ambassadors and his co-laborers. We believe in baptism, of being submerged underwater, not just sprinkled. That's what we believe. We believe in submersion. We believe in Holy Communion. We, we, we're going to do communion pretty soon. We believe in communion, of looking at that as a representation of, hey, that's Christ's body broken for me. That's his blood shed for me. We believe in the eternity. We believe that there is is an eternal resting place for every person in this room. Either it is going to be eternity with Jesus or an eternity of damnation and hell. We believe in that. That's why we preach so hard, because we don't want anybody, anybody to perish and go to hell. The next thing is our social convictions, our, our conventional on social issues. And guys, I just, I really wanted to bring this before you. People have asked a lot of questions about these. And if you have questions about this, come to the back. Talk to anybody at Next Steps. Come see me. Come see Dallas. Come see Mr. Eddie. Come talk to us if you have any questions about these. But look, we're not highlighting these areas because they're worse than any other area, okay? We're not highlighting these things because they are a greater sin. All sin is equal in the eyes of God. Everything. But the reason we, we kind of want to emphasize on these because these are just the hot topics in church culture now. We've got so many churches that are kind of falling short on these things, and, and we we want people, God said he wants his people to be holy because he is holy. Amen. So we're not doing this to pick on anybody or beat up anybody. We just want you to be aware of what we believe. We believe that at a connection, we stand against abortion. As God's word says that he knitted us together in our mother's womb, we believe that that as a child. And let me tell you, I never understood that until now we're pregnant. Let me tell you, that first sonogram, I seen that baby's heartbeat. I said, how in the world could that even happen? And I began to almost weep and cry. I had to, I had to suck it up. because I was a bunch of, around a bunch of women. But I mean, I almost did. We believe that that is a, as a person in there. And we believe that God's views of taking life, baby in the womb or adult, as murder. But guys, I want to tell you, however that happens, if, if you've had an abortion, if you've made that choice, look, we're not condemning you. We want to love you through that. We want to help you with that. We're not condemning you in any way, so if that's something that's happened in your life, come talk to us. Homosexuality is a huge topic. We believe that homosexuality is a sin. The Bible doesn't call it a greater sin than anything else. And we as a church almost come off as condemning to those that are homosexuals and push them out of church. Let me tell you something. I want our church to be an inviting place for somebody that struggles with homosexuality because God can deliver them from that. But we have to be inviting and love them anyway, not treat them like dirt. I hate that, that we do that sometimes to love people where they are and love them to Jesus not that we love the sin we love the sinner we love the person not what they're doing the Bible tells us guys that people become homosexuals because of sin and ultimately because of their own choice in that connection we believe that God gives forgiveness and is available to all who repent and put their faith in Jesus Christ. Divorce is another issue. We believe that God created marriage as a covenant to reflect his love for us. A covenant is, I'm telling you, I know divorce has hit a lot of families in the church. But we believe that the marriage is a covenant designed to be permanent. We're never go- I'm never going to counsel anybody to get a divorce. I'm always going to counsel somebody to come back to reconcile their differences. Whether you believe it or not, infidelity is not a reason for divorce. We sometimes make it that. But Jesus said, the Bible tells it, Jesus said that, let me find it, hold on. Jesus said that um, hardness of a heart is the root of people choosing to divorce their spouse. So the only time we counsel someone towards toward separation or anything that way is when there's something illegal going on, something bad, something that could harm someone. We will, we will encourage them to separate before, we can, before they can reconcile. The thing isn't to separate. The thing ain't to get rid of. No, it's, it's to bring them back. I'm so, God, I'm so glad that when I messed up, Jesus didn't say, away from me, I never knew you. I'm so thankful he showed me the love and compassion and brought me back to him. And if you're, if you're having a hard time in your marriage, I want to tell you something. Come talk to me. Well, I want to, I want to help you all I can. I want to pray with you. I want to love you. I want to show you. Because let me tell you, I too almost got a divorce. And God showed me that it's not about my comfort. That I have to love my wife anyway. And he was telling her that she had to love her stubborn husband anyway. We were at a place to where we didn't know what to do. We just knew that we wasn't happy where we were at, but we knew that our life wouldn't be right separate from each other. So we fought for it. And I want you to fight for your marriages. Because Jesus fought for you. That's where we stand on divorce. That's where I stand on divorce. Alcohol. Who Lord, we've had a thousand questions on this. We don't believe that drinking alcohol by itself is a sin. It doesn't say that in the Bible doesn't say that. But what Scripture does teach is that getting drunk is wrong. That getting drunk is a sin. Or, or even being willfully controlled by any other thing, by any substance is a sin. I don't know about you, but when I drank, it controlled me. We also, guys, drinking also is that God's Word also talks about not causing other people to stumble. And if drinking alcohol is going to cause somebody else to stumble, then you shouldn't do it. You've heard me preach hard about alcohol up here because alcohol had a control over my life. But God delivered me from that. I don't know how many people say, well, I don't think drinking is is wrong. One alcohol amongst itself is not wrong, but it's how you partake of it. And I'm just going to tell you, in Jenkins County, where we live at, if somebody seen you drinking a beer in public, it would kill your witness. If I can't, let me tell you, would you come in here, I'm going to give you an illustration. If I had a tall boy Bud light up here, right here, and take a sip instead of water, would you listen to anything I had to say today? Because sometimes I need one up here. I'm just playing. You wouldn't listen to nothing I had to say. I'm just saying, it kills your witness. I don't condone it, but God's word says that, hey, alcohol amongst itself is not a sin, but we cannot take advantage of what freedom we have. If it causes somebody else to sin, somebody else to stumble, then we shouldn't do it because we love them more than ourselves. And the last thing is sex outside of marriage. Our stance on sex out of the covenant of marriage, we believe that it is a sin. The Bible refers to this as sexual immorality, which includes premarital sex, pornography, lust, homosexuality relations, adultery, and any other kind of sexual relation outside the marital covenant. The Bible's clear, guys, that he created sex, and he alone can define the parameters of that. And I know this is a touchy another touchy thing in our culture because we have devalued in our culture that we have devalued marriage of, hey, I don't have to get married right now. We can just live together. We can just stay together. And it's okay. That's not what God said. And if you're living together nine times out of 10, you're having sex outside of marriage. We don't condone that. But if, you, if you're in that, I want to tell you, we love you anyway. If you're in that kind of relationship, if you're in that, if, if you're dating someone and you can't control yourself, come talk to somebody. We want to counsel. We want to guide you through that. We're not condemning you through anything. But what's the most important is that you know that, hey, this isn't right in the eyes of God, and I want to please God. So if that's you tonight, nobody is pointing a finger. The reason for these things is so not that we can say, oh, look at you. No. Because if we were doing that, you'd have a lot of things to point at me about. The, the reason is for all of us can be pursuing God wholeheartedly. That we can hold each other accountable. So if you struggle in any of those areas, if there's something in there that you need guidance with, talk to somebody tonight. If you're like, Jeremy, I I feel like God's calling me to join this church, but but I'm kind of caught up in some of this stuff. That's what we're here for. We're not here to say, no, get out of here. No, we we love you anyway. So this is the place that you want to be. This is where God's called you. If you feel like, hey, I want to be a heart and soul member of Connection Midland, then sign the covenant where you say, I hereby agree to represent the core beliefs and convictions of Connection Church. And if you disagree with it, sign that too and put what you disagree with so we can contact you and help you in your relationship with Christ. I just, I want to be honest with you. I struggled with, I told Dallas today, I struggled so hard with the, uh, the covenant. Because so many people look at those things and be like, oh, you're trying to judge me. We're not trying to judge you at all. It's kind of one of the things my daddy, my granddaddy told me. It's like, boy, you a Lindsay. You need to be careful of how you act in public. I wish you told the rest of my family that. But anyway, he said, you need to be careful of how you act in public because what you do reflects your name. And what we do reflects the name of Jesus. How we live reflects the name of Jesus. And if we live a life that shows everybody that we don't care, it defaces the value of the name of Jesus. And he died for us, guys. So if he died for us, the least we can do is live for him. So tonight as we went through this covenant, went through these things, I'm wrapping up and I promise we're fixing to get out of here. But I just want to give, if God's been stirring in your heart tonight, And I noticed that hadn't been a barn-burning message, but if God's really been stirring your heart tonight, you're like, you know, I don't think I'm really where I need to be with Christ. I need to give my life to Him. If that's you tonight, we just want you to courageously lift your hands and say, that's me, I need to give my life to Christ. I want to give you the opportunity to boldly say, hey, I want to follow Him. All right. I don't want to hold you up anymore. Prayerfully think about what God's called you to do. Prayerfully think about that covenant. When I pray, just a second, y'all be dismissed. If y'all got any questions, I'll be right here. Y'all come ask me if you got a question about this covenant. If you got a question about anything else, see these ladies and these men back here at the the Next Steps table. See Dallas. Next week, it's on. Sunday morning, amen? 300 people, amen? Amen. 20 salvations, amen? Amen. Oh, we hope so, amen. Bring everybody that you know. Pick up people on the sidewalk when you're driving in. Bring everybody. And let's let's attack this county for Jesus, okay? Be intentional this week, guys. And I love you. Father God, we just come to you again tonight, Lord, thanking you for who you are. Thanking you, God, for this opportunity. And God, we just thank you for... Just how much you love us. Lord, help us all understand that when we say we're a Christian, that we say that we are a follower of you, and everything we do and say reflects you, God. And you're so much worthy. You're worthy of so much more. God, help us. Lead us, guide us, and direct us as we, Lord. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.